The Peregrine Falcon actually was extirpated in the late 1800s because of uh, various threats such as habitat loss, um, and then afterwards uh, a lot of problems that arose due to DDT. And once DDT was banned in the United States in 1972, uh, Peregrine Falcons started to become reintroduced to the Midwest. By around 1974, captive bred peregrine falcons uh, were actually being released into the eastern United States. And then really in the Midwest in 1982, we started to actually have a pretty strong effort to reintroduce peregrine falcons to the area around Indiana. Indiana didn't quite jump on board with the reintroduction until 1991, where we released uh, 15 peregrine falcons to Indianapolis. Um, and then we continued this effort until 1994. And so overall, we ended up releasing 60 peregrine falcons um, throughout uh, four cities in Indiana. Um, like I said, Indianapolis. And then we had Fort Wayne, South Bend, and Evansville. And then once those birds were mature, sexually mature, and able to breed, um, and all the other birds within the Midwest had become uh, able to breed, which takes them about one to three years. Peregrine falcons really started to make a comeback to the Midwest, especially in Indiana. By around, I would say, uh, the late 2000s, and then we were able to delist them as being state endangered in 2013. So it took a pretty long amount of time for peregrine falcons to really come back to Indiana, um, and it took a lot of effort and resources to do that, but it was eventually successful, and we were able to actually delist them from the list of um, endangered species for the state. And so now we have them listed as a species of special concern, and we get about, I would say, around 15 to 20 breeding territories a year with about... I would say 10 to 15 or 16 nesting attempts per year. That's great. Uh, how many chicks do they have in a nest at a time? Right. They can have around um, two to rarely five chicks in a nest, but it does happen. And I would say on average about three to four chicks per nest. Now, are they able to, to feed four or five chicks in a nest, or does, do the older chicks kick the others out? It depends on the resources available to them, but we've actually had been able to band five chicks in one year for one peregrine falcon territory, and that was because I think the parents were excellent parents. They provisioned very well, and all of them seemed pretty, I would say, fat and happy <laughs> because they all were, um, they all seemed pretty hefty when we banded them, and there were five chicks. So I think it just really depends on the, the parents and the resources available to them. So that's pretty fantastic. So what would you estimate the current population in Indiana to be? That's a great question. Um, it fluctuates, I would say. But when we talk about the population and uh, the size given only breeding adults, so I'm just counting breeding adults rather than young that's produced at the end of the year, I would consider the population to be around 15 um, to 20 pairs in Indiana that we know of. So if we consider maybe perhaps adding some that we don't know of that are, have established 
territories that are not near human habitation, I would give a conservative estimate about of about like 30 pairs in Indiana. What do they eat? They eat a lot of interesting things. Um, overall, they mostly eat birds. So people often think of them as eating just pigeons because they often associate peregrine falcons with the cities. Uh, however, they do eat a lot of shorebirds. For example, killdeer or um, American woodcock or um, some sort of like common snipe. They also kind of will eat waterfowl. Um, and during migration, they'll eat a very large variety of bird species. I think we often end up getting cuckoos, uh, yellow-billed cuckoos in their nests around springtime when they're actually provisioning young. So they pretty much have a pretty diverse diet. They migrate south, I assume, in the winter? Correct. And, and where do they spend the winter? That's a really good question. Um, we actually had one of them was found in Central America. Um, we banded a bird that we were able to identify based off of the bands on the legs. And that individual uh, showed up on a camera in Central America. But that's the farthest south that we have had evidence of them being found. So typically I would consider them either going to around the southern Gulf Coast or to Central America. And what are the hazards uh, that a peregrine falcon uh, has? There are lots of different hazards, um, specifically when they're migrating or um, if they are young birds that are just coming out of the nest, they often do get hit by cars. Um, they do hit frequently into buildings. Um, sometimes they get scared and get chased away by like predators, such as great horned owls, and they'll hit into other objects. So I would say majority of the deaths that do occur would definitely come from collisions. Um, and then during migration, those, that risk of collisions is even greater because they're, they're migrating during the day, and so they're encountering all different types of environments. Yes, I've actually been in Pennsylvania uh, up on top of the mountain as they're migrating down the ridge in the late fall, and they are a magnificent sight to see flying over, overhead. Any other thing you'd like to, to mention regarding uh, the peregrine falcon? I would say that they're doing very well. Um, you can often find them on mainly large buildings within a city or sometimes around power plants. We have a pretty large amount of breeding territories that occur on power plants because of the stacks. They provide this really tall structure that allow them to hunt effectively. So if you're ever in the city or nearby one of the power plants in, the, in Indiana, you can look up and maybe you'll spot a peregrine falcon. And if you really want to tune in and actually watch them nest throughout the season, mainly from April to July-ish, you can find them on peregrine falcon cameras that we have kind of scattered throughout the, the state. There's one specific one on the Market Tower building in downtown Indianapolis at Monument Circle that has hosted a peregrine falcon pair for maybe about two decades, I would say. And they've done extremely well and now... That peregrine falcon territory produced one of the oldest males in the Midwest, um, who was 19 years old. He was, his name was Kinney, and he produced around 61 fledglings, which is quite a, um, a record for birds in the Midwest. So we've had really, really productive birds in the Midwest, and you can see them right down in Indianapolis. 
That's that's terrific. Uh, but apparently, we don't have any uh, in Bloomington. That's correct. Um, I could see them perhaps choosing a territory over there just because they're starting to be a, um, buildings are a lot taller. And the reason why they like tall buildings is because they use them as hunting perches. And the way that they hunt is that they will do this behavior called stooping, where they'll die from a ledge. Typically, in the more natural environment, it would be a cliff. And they'll dive from that ledge and go 75 miles per hour and hit into another bird to stun them and then take them to the perch to then be able to eat. So Bloomington is starting to have taller buildings now that perhaps might provide the proper habitat that they would need for hunting. But it just depends on whether they become interested or attracted to the area, really. I'd like to thank you for the interview. I've been speaking with Allison Gillette of the DNR. Thank you very much for your contributions. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.